Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today we have a treat. We have Penny May, CEO and founder of TakeTimeForArt.com. Penny is a professional art teacher, a professional educator, and a veteran homeschool mom of 20 years. Her passion is integrating hands-on projects with art history and history unit studies. She is also a wife and a mother of three children. She holds a master's in education and makes her home in North Carolina. Her story from homeschool mom to curriculum developer will not only inspire you, but will challenge you to take the leap. In this episode, we talk about the connections made between history and art history, how they help kids put a face to the historical era and expand a child's memory. We talk about the importance of for learners to create brain movies and what they are and how they further help develop the brain and reading comprehension. And we talk of the multiple benefits of hands-on learning. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper, because you're not going to want to miss what Penny has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Hi, I'm so glad to be with you, Bex. I'm so glad you're here as well. So I love starting my podcast with a myth buster. What is one misconception you believe most have about homeschooling? Well, one of the things that I think pops up into people's minds is oftentimes they think of homeschooling as a lone mom around the kitchen table with her children um, trying to do it all by herself. And uh, that's just not true in this day and age. We've got so many homeschool resources out there now, particularly with the internet, that's really changed the face of homeschooling uh, incredibly. And there are so many different curriculums. There are so many different ways to homeschool now. There are pods, there are co-ops, there are, it's easy to get into a group. And um, so that a homeschool mom never has to feel alone now. Even if there's no one else around you where you are homeschooling, there are so many organizations and groups out there that you can join virtually so that you never, ever have to feel alone. That is so true. The resources out there right now are so abundant and I guess maybe some parents can feel a little overwhelmed, which is why I actually created this podcast so that curriculum developers like you and providers are able to talk about what it is that you do, how you started it, why you started it, what your inspiration was to continue on. And I really believe when we can connect with the heart of the parent that they'll see and really understand everything that you're about. So tell us, what is Take Time for Art about? Like what inspired you to start it? Right. So I am a 20-year homeschool veteran mom. And when I was teaching my own kids, quite frankly, Take Time for Art is what I wanted. But I was too busy as a busy homeschool mom doing what homeschool moms do. And that is dog paddling and keeping your head above water. And so, uh, and, you know, I'm not saying that in a negative kind of way, 
But um, as homeschoolers, we often feel like, am I doing enough? Am, am I, um, have I done the right thing? And we doubt ourselves a lot. And I just, uh, as an aside for um, those that are listening, I just want to say, if I could go back to younger Penny Mays and, and give her a piece of advice, I would say, relax, Penny. Uh, it, history will prove that you did a fine job and your kids turned out great and relax, sleep more and stop worrying. <laughs> so that's what I would say to my younger self. But Take Time for Art is what I wanted then. And now that my kids are grown, I have more time um, to do things like create curriculums. And that's this is what I've created. And what we do is we take history, connect it with art history, and then based on the art history of an era, we like to say we put a face on history. We make the connections for people uh, of a historical era by giving them the culture, the art, the maps, the architecture, the face of that historical era as much as it's possible for us to do. And then based on the art that we see, we make hands-on art. So an example is when we go to ancient Egypt and we visit the tomb arts and we see the wonderful um, ancient Egyptian mummies and their tomb paintings and their beautiful mask and all of that, then we make a mummy mask and we do it with some materials that are quite similar to what the Egyptians used when they were making their mummy mask. So, um, that's what we do at Take Time for Art. And we do it through streaming video, which is a great vehicle for delivering art instruction because it's very visual and we can put um, a lot of music to it. We can put uh, beautiful images up in a movie format. I do voiceovers. And then when we get to our hands-on instruction, it's step-by-step -step video where, um, you can see exactly what my hands are doing. It's a great way to teach art. I did what listen to your video. I watched and listened to. I watched your video and I heard your voice on it and I was like, "Wow, what a beautiful personal touch. She just didn't use, you know, a YouTube video. She went ahead and created something that was personal and I could hear in your voice the excitement I really appreciated that because it really connected me to you at that point when I was watching that video. You are most definitely a hands-on advocate. And I know as a creative, you're also probably very visual. Why do you focus so much on hands-on and things becoming visual and coming to life? For one thing, I believe hands-on is really one of the best ways to teach. Um, to, if you think about it, it's the way we learn from day one. When we're babies, we learn from feeling and touching and mouthing and hearing. We don't learn from pencil and paper as babies. So uh, as we get older and we learn to read and write and those things are added into our education, that hands-on 
uh, way of learning does not leave us. It's, it's the, one of the best ways that we learn. And it's one of the most comprehensive ways that we learn. And I tell people that this, meaning our hands, is connected to this, and I'm touching my head right now. So our hands can make connections in our brains in ways that just pencil and paper can't. And I don't want to degrade pencil and paper in any way, and I particularly don't want to degrade reading because the reading, I am a, a big advocate of reading as well. I, I love to read. I loved reading aloud with my children. We had a wonderful time when I was homeschooling, um, revisiting the books that I read as a child. And I got to read new books that I never had read before. It was wonderful. But something that is interesting, um, when your children are, are reading or when, I should say, when you're reading aloud to your children, one little tidbit is if you just allow them to keep their hands busy doodling, um, I don't know, making quiet crafts, those kinds of things will allow their brains to take in more information and um, they will remember more about what they're hearing in those stories than if they just sit without doing anything. When our hands are busy, um, our brains are busy and our brains are taking in a lot more information. So it's important to keep those hands busy in the homeschool because it builds our brains and it makes connections in ways that we just can't do with pencil and paper. That is so true. And I was going to say that too. And I love the fact that you brought it up because the hand to brain connection, um, when we, cause the majority of us are, well, I don't want to say the majority of us. I'm saying, I'm, I'm actually going to rephrase that. I'm going to say the majority of the time we're learning logic side, right? We're learning kinds of informational base, informational base. So, you know, our, our left brain gets, you know, just, pumping up a lot of stuff and the bright brain is kind of hanging out there, you know, not doing much. And then all of a sudden we, we take time for art. We activate our right side of our brain. Now the left side gets to rest and it's beginning to process all the information that we did learn. And now our right brain is taking that same information, but we're taking it to a whole different level. So now we're making these beautiful neurological connections from one side of your brain to the other, which really enhances the learning and takes it to the next level. In fact, when I was um, studying for, I was studying music, what my professor would tell us to do is while we were singing, he'd say, take your left hand and as you're singing, start rubbing your fingers, activate your right side of your brain. So yeah. as we were singing, yeah, as we were singing or doing something creative, we'd start literally rubbing our left hand, our fingers, and all of a sudden things just started to change. And it's a really amazing thing when you start understanding how the brain operates and how art and those types of subjects are so important to add and to take time for, which I love the title of take time for art. The title is perfect yeah. because we do need to take time for art. In fact, I was talking to um, Jana Cook. She's a community manager of Bookshark. 
And I got a chance to meet with her, which I thought was fantastic. So we sat down and we were talking and she literally opened my mind up because I'm, I'm an extremely informational person, right? I like, I'm all about educating myself and boom, 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 learning more, reading books. And she's like, you don't read fiction? I'm like, no. And she's like, oh. And she started explaining to me what that could do for my brain. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, I am going to read a fictional book very soon. <laughs> it's like, so my brain could rest. So I'm excited about that. And I'm actually going to, um, so I'm going on vacation. I'm actually going to get draw. I'm going to, so I'm, I'm going to do a lot of right brain activities. I am just so excited about this. Right. And, so let's talk about fiction because fiction is a wonderful, wonderful tool to help you build, help families um, build brains and grow those young minds. And one of the ways that hands-on activities can help build those minds and build reading comprehension is to incorporate something that educators call brain movies. And brain movies are the pictures that you see in your head as you read a work of fiction or even nonfiction. So let's just take an example. If you're reading the book, Little House on the Prairie, oh, you are thinking about Laura Ingalls Wilder and the uh, log cabin that her family lived in out um, in the Midwest, you'd be thinking about what that cabin looked like. Well, if a child has never seen a log cabin, if they've never had a visual of a log cabin, a picture or a painting, if they've never been to a log cabin, it's going to be very difficult for them to understand what that looks like. So the more visuals we can give children, the more and the more experiences and the more hands-on experiences, it's going to help them with reading comprehension because the more brain movies we have in our head when we're reading, the more we're going to be able to comprehend and understand what we're reading. Another example is let's say that um, I give you a book on the Trojan War and we're reading a story about a Trojan horse and maybe you have no idea what they're talking about when they're talking about a wooden horse with men in it. But if I can give you some visuals of that, if I can give you some pictures of that, then when I give you that book that's at your grade level or your ability level to read, you're going to have those brain movies going on in your head and your, your reading comprehension is gonna go up immediately. Or if I give you a hands-on project, let's say we're reading um, Mummies Made in Egypt. That's a book that a lot of people read when they study Egypt and, uh, or a book on Howard Carter discovering um, King Tut's tomb. Well, if we look at that book and we look at pictures of mummies and we get these brain movies going on in our head and then we do a hands-on project and make a mummy mask, oh my goodness, You've, you have developed all kinds of connections in your brains 
that will, you're just not going to forget what you just studied. And those connections are gonna stick with you and those memories are gonna stick with you. And that's the way we build our brains. And it can definitely help you with memory, obviously. You just- a Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, it can help you with memory. It can help you build your brain. It helps you with um, like reading comprehension, you said. Do you think that this hands-on learning can also help students focus? Oh, absolutely. So uh, focus is um, an issue that a lot of children have when they're learning. It's, it, as children, it's difficult to stay still. Um, when my son was growing up, he would literally, and I do mean literally, bounce off the walls. He would run from our front door and hit the front door and run to the kitchen cabinets and bounce off the and run back and bounce off the front door. Wow. I mean, he was a little guy with a lot of energy. And I struggled in knowing how to teach him because I was raised in a family of girls and I had two girls before him. And here's this little guy coming into my life. I call him the gift because before that, I was kind of patting myself on the back, thinking I had it all together. And then I get my gift. <laughs> he he um, taught me pretty quickly that, that there's a different um, mode of learning out there. And one of the th ways that we put that into practice was we uh, threw out uh, the reading program that I had that wasn't quite as hands-on and went and found a reading program that was much more hands-on for him so that he wasn't writing very much. He had, he even had a little bit of difficulty writing uh, at first. And so we, I didn't have him uh, do a lot of writing. Instead, we would cut out letters and we would put them together. And eventually, you know, he got to the point where he would write and we got to the point where we did more keyboarding for him than actual writing. And that worked well for him. But he now he's a great writer and he's a wonderful reader. And because we emphasize the hands on and I didn't make him uh, fit into a box it allowed him to develop his skills. Uh, he is also a woodworker and his hands-on abilities are pretty incredible. He, he builds electric guitars now, as well as being a um, electrical engineer. And he, you know, his handwriting is still not great, but he can do intricate designs on, uh, a guitar. So go figure. Uh, God makes us all very different. But he, he would not have been able to sit still and with pencil and paper. But the hands-on made it possible for us to sit down and learn to read. So I 
really think that if you have a child that has a lot of trouble sitting or a lot of trouble uh, attending, keeping their hands busy, giving them something to hold in their hands, giving them something to do while you're trying to um, meet a goal of instruction is a wonderful way um, to you know, keep their bodies busy so their brains can engage. I love the fact that you homeschooled your son first off. That to me is awesome. And second, because I, I think, you know, when I, when I think of a child like him who is so accomplished now and has done so much in his life and is at a very high level of understanding because he's, he had the opportunity to really focus on his interest and you were able to hone in on different aspects of his learning of his learning really because you're his mom you know him so well like he's your boy you know and even though you like you had said like oh i patted myself on the back this gave you an opportunity to really build that connection i just think like if he was in the public school you would have been getting like negative reports your relationship with him probably would have been way way different and just the the whole focal view of how you would have seen him and how he would have seen you not as not as a partner not as someone who um care cares more uh it would be more of like i just don't please this person i'm not good enough and i can and i know that because i've seen so many students who have so much energy and are rambunctious i was one of those i was literally one of those and you know you get shut down you just they just shut you down and this is how you're supposed to be and i know most of my life i always was like i don't even know how to do that like how would i how do i become like this person who everybody likes how do i become like that person that my teachers are happy with how do i become this person i used to always think how do i become these people so that people can be happy with me versus allowing myself to grow as the person that God created me to be and to do the things that God created me to do. So my next question is pretty obvious. It's like, what is your favorite aspect of hands-on learning? Well, my favorite aspect is simply that it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, hands-on learning brings the fun to your homeschool day and your homeschool week. Uh, I like to think that at Take Time for Art, well, probably my favorite thing that happened to me this year at a homeschool conference um, was when a missionary family came to us and she said, when we go to home, they were on furlough, and she said, when we go to homeschool conferences, we're not looking for another new math program or another new English program. She said, I can get that. She said, what I wanna take back on the mission field is some joy. And she said, we need, we need to bring joy with us when, we're, when we go out on the mission fields. And she said, you help us take time for art, helps us bring joy because it's fun. And that's probably, that was, wow. that, well, it obviously would, it brought me to tears, but it was the nicest thing I think anybody's ever said to me. The That's fact beautiful. that we can bring 
joy and fun into a, a family's homeschool day gives me great pleasure. And a lot of that is simply because we're so hands-on and because um, we're helping families bring the visuals, bring uh, some understanding by connecting that history and that art. And we, I try to choose really fun um, activities for Take Time for Art that I think will engage children. And yeah, hands-on is fun. And yeah. I think that is the best thing that you can say about it because when learning is fun, kids are gonna learn. Can you take me through a lesson of like how, how you format, like how you, um, yeah, how you format your lessons? Sure. So um, let's, all right, let's take an example from ancient Rome. In ancient Rome, we start out, well, we always start out our units with what, what my family and my husband call a cheesy introduction. And the fun part of ancient Rome for my cheesy introduction was I looked on the internet and of course you can find anything you want on the internet, but I found a guy who actually lived fairly close to me who had a Roman chariot motorcycle. So, <laughs> wow. I, contacted him and he was kind enough to be part of our intro and our conclusion in our videos. And so in our intro, he comes riding up in, our Ro in his Roman chariot motorcycle to help me introduce ancient Rome. So from there, we introduce what the uh, ancient Rome and what it's like and some of the things that we uh, in the 21st century use from ancient Rome, like concrete and arches and all kinds of things that the Romans gave us. And then we talk about, um, we go in to the beginning of Roman civilization. We talk about the Etruscans and how the Etruscans uh, were one of the first people to do arches. We talk about, um, we also talk about some of the myths from ancient Rome, like um, two twins raised by wolves, <laughs> and which is fun. And then we, um, when we're talking about the arches and we see some arches and we also look at their, um, their aqueducts and how they used arches with that, then we make an arch. We've started including simple engineering projects in with our art projects because I truly believe that engineering and art go hand in hand. So we make an arch, a simple arch with um, a ice cube tray and air dry clay. And we, after those little clay cubes are dried enough to pop out, then I show the kids how they can make an arch and you actually get to see how those, how those cubes sort of lock in and, and we put pressure on it so that we can see how the force locks in against itself and stands up to a lot of weight. And then from there, we talk about the Roman Republic and how 
our country is heavily influenced by the Roman Republic. And we talk about their art and how they use their art for political games. We look at some of their busts and their statues, then we make our own version of a Roman bust, again, using air dry clay. So that's, that's a couple of our projects that we do in ancient Rome. They're really fun. There's lots more when we go to Pompeii, we talk about Mount Vesuvius and there's about, uh, usually we have about a eight to 15 minute video of history and art where we're talking about that connection and learning about a period. And then we do a project and the projects are step-by-step step, and we have both simple and more complicated versions because homeschool families are often doing their history units together. And so I want, it, I want families to be able to have a nine or 10 year old uh, able to do history and projects together as a family with a 14 year old. The 14 year old is getting high school credit. The nine, eight, nine, 10 year old is doing art with his brother. So it's a kind of a, I love, I love it when it becomes a bonding thing with families as well. That sounds amazing, number one. And two, it is so much, there's so much multi-curricular going on in there. It's amazing, like, cause when you said I'm putting pressure, I was like, she just hit physics. Like <laughs> literally she just, that's what I teach. I teach physics. I'm like, that's everything you just said is, is physics. Like that is one subject and you know, you're teaching history, art, and there's pot and then the, the watching videos and everything. So you're, you're going into, you're doing deep dives there. That's very powerful when you're able to do multi-curricular and bring all of it in together. Wow. It's, it's the way, but if you think about it, it's the way we connect and learn in our world. Our world isn't separated into subjects. Our world is a, a collection that's all connected, interconnected. So engineering is connected with art, which is connected with history, which is connected with people and their stories. And so um, I think if we can bring that together in some way, it makes it the subject or the lesson that we're teaching, it makes it so much more relevant for our students and they remember. Absolutely, it does. I know in my class, I, like I said, I teach physics, biology, um, and chemistry. In all my classes, I ate, and I taught foreign language too, but all my classes, I always took my subject, but I always had them do an art project, always had to do an art project. They always had to do a technology project. Like my physics, they have to uh, create a device that is going to help soccer players, right? And my um, biology class, they have to create a um, some type of resource to help out uh, the kelp forest. And then they have to, then I take into um, entrepreneurship where they have to like actually go and learn economics and how to pitch these things. So I agree with you, learning is all these things. It's crazy that we take these sections of subjects and we just teach them solely without actually making it a holistic thing which it is 
We mm -hmm. learn holistically. We don't learn compartmentally. So I think that's fantastic. All your hands-on activities sound absolutely amazing. Penny, tell me, how did you come up with all this? Well, like I said before, it's the way I wanted my children to learn art and history together. And I also began teaching at a co-op that was very hands-on. And I was teaching both art and science. And I found out that uh, art was one class, art and history was one class, and then science was another class. And I found that when I gave them lots of visuals and we did art projects along with our science projects, the kids and I both really had a wonderful time. I don't have a degree in science, but when I connected it with art, we understood the science better. For instance, when we were studying a unit on bugs, we did um, some really interesting prints of bugs using um, some art techniques that would uh, carve out the bugs and print or, uh, or we used um, tessellations, which is repeated shapes. Um, for instance, MC Escher is a great artist who uses tessellations and it's a repetition of shapes and it turns, it takes something like a bug and you repeat it enough times so it turns it into something different. So we would have symmetrical bugs in, um, in a tessellation and um, the kids basically turn those bugs into a mandala, which is um, a um, symmetrical shape that um, is from Latin America. But we, we played with bugs. We ate bugs. Um, we, I could get, you know, cheese covered bugs at my um, local science museum. So we ate bugs. We uh, made clay out of food and we shaped our bugs and made food to look like bugs. And then we ate those. Uh, for snack and we read stories about bugs and fiction about bugs. We looked at bugs, we sang songs about bugs. So instead of head, shoulders, knees and toes, it's head, thorax, abdomen. <laughs> we did a lot of things like that. So it taught me that if you incorporate a lot of different modes of learning, learning becomes a joy. And um, that's what I wanted to turn Take Time for Art into so that it became a joy for my, um, the families that used it. But here's the thing, all of that takes a lot of work. It's really hard for a homeschool mom to figure out how to incorporate all of that into her day. That's a lot of planning. It's a lot of planning to find a song and to find an art project and to find some visuals and to, you know. To even um, think about that, honestly, to even think right. about bringing it all together. That's right. And the materials to do it can be overwhelming. 
So I knew that if we were going to do this, because again, I'm a 20 year homeschool mom veteran, and I have been in that situation where I've had a great idea and maybe thought I had the materials to do it. And then you look in that craft closet that's, you know, like some monster closet from where <laughs> where things are pouring out <laughs> you open the closet and maybe you have it in there but you can't find it I knew that if I didn't help them with the craft materials packs already organized and packed for them it just wouldn't happen because I've been a busy homeschool mom and I know by the time you get everybody to their dance class and you've done the math and you've done the English and the writing and maybe you've had not so great of a day with the writing piece that day, you're, you probably are not going to go to Walmart and pick up that craft material <laughs> that, that you didn't, True. that you can't find. Right. So, so we put it all together and we put it in video form so that it's easy to do. I tell people, we try to be plug and play. And then the, the how to's are very step by step so that if you don't get it the first time, you can back up that video and look at it again. What, what was she doing there? Let's back it up and look again. And it makes it easy for most homeschool families to follow and understand and have fun with. So one of my greatest joys is when they, when people send me pictures and I get to give them a shout out on Facebook, one family sent me a beautiful self-portrait today that their daughter did. And um, it was, that's from our Renaissance unit and it's just gorgeous. And it's such a pleasure to say, look what Lucy did, to, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and then my the followers get to chime in and go, great job, Lucy. And it's, uh, it's a joy for me and it's a joy for the family to share the art. Yeah, and, and you're building Lucy. community. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. You know, and it's really interesting because sometimes parents can be a little reluctant and they don't want to, you know, kind of dive into this, you know, some parents are could be a reluctant learner. I can see how this would really more attract them and give them like that desire to want to do it, like want to be part of this versus feeling like, oh, I have to do this thing with my kid. You know, it's more like, oh, my goodness, this is a great fun activity we get to do together. We get to build memories together. We get to spend time together, build our relationship, do problem solving, do some critical thinking skills together. We can strategize together. You're building, I mean, it's really deep. Right, yeah. Well, we we try to be, but uh, we try to go deep, but do it in a fun way. <laughs> it, it's, it like lends itself to it. Yes. It really does. So Penny, what is the call to action? Where can they find you? Where can they um, buy your resources? Where can they uh, subscribe to your, your subscription? Right. So you can go to take time, take time for art.com. And we, again, I'm a 20 year veteran homeschool mom. And there's a reason 
that Take Time for Art is called Take Time for Art because as homeschoolers, it's sometimes it's the last thing that we can get into our day and it often gets dropped. And so that's one of the reasons we call our business Take Time for Art. It's what we want everybody to do. Um, so taketimeforart.com and uh, you can look over our website, watch some um, promotional videos. You can go to our courses tabs and you can see the different courses that we have. Currently we have Egypt, Greece, Rome. All these are the ancient cultures, um, the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. And I'm currently trying to work on early US history. So that's our next unit that will come out at some point when uh, life settles down a little bit. But that's those are the units that we currently have. And uh, we even will give you a coupon for our art, material, art materials packs. You can go to our tab that says coupons and freebies and sign up for our newsletter. And um, we will be happy to ship uh, these wonderful materials bags to you. We, if you buy three material art materials bags, we'll even ship them to you for free. So um, yeah, uh, we, have, we also have a way that you can try us out for free. And we, with our all access subscription plan, we give you an automatic free week when you sign up. So during that week, you can preview everything we have, all of our content, look at all of our videos, see if our program is right for you. Or maybe this, that's something you want to do in the summer and in the fall you'll purchase, but you're not quite ready to purchase yet, you can cancel during your free week and your credit card will not be charged. And then you can subscribe when you're ready to subscribe, but we want you to know what you're purchasing. Fantastic. I know I'm looking at Pompeii. <laughs> That's what I'm looking at right now because my mother-in-law and you know my husband their heritage is from that part of italy and i don't think they know much about it i mean how awesome would it be well it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome when we start learning about it and do some projects together and we're adults but you know what learning is learning at any age right right that's right and uh our our videos when um if someone is purchasing ancient Rome and wants to focus on a part of it like Pompeii, our videos are broken down into short videos so it's easy to navigate. And um, if you don't want to, if you want to pick and choose the videos that you watch, you can do that. And just to, also, we teach from a Christian worldview. So when we go to ancient Rome, we get to look at the birth of Christ and bring in all the wonderful um, art from the ages, from the church that just shows um, great stuff about the birth of Christ, telling that story and also the story of the, the rise of the church. So we cover a lot in ancient Rome, um, but we cover a lot in, in a lot in most of our units. So it's fun to be able to connect 
history with the history of the church and Christianity as well. Penny, this is amazing. I love everything you're doing Thank in you. your curriculum. It's amazing. Like I am so fired up right now, probably because I'm a creative anyway. So like I love paint and all that stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. This is gonna be a great week with my family down at the Jersey Shore. We're really excited about this. Penny, as we're wrapping up, can you give us one big takeaway from all of your experience and your wisdom? One thing you wanna leave with parents from our conversation today? For those who are thinking about homeschooling and those who are new to homeschooling and even for veteran homeschoolers, I want to tell you, um, relax. Remember, um, that's what I would tell. That's what I would tell my younger self is to relax and go with your gut instincts about your children. Um, make it as hands-on as you possibly can and uh, use those resources that are there. You are not alone in your homeschooling journey. There are people like me who've done it and, um, and had great results and we're here to help you. So reach out, um, use the resources of experience and you know, go forward in confidence in your homeschooling journey because it's a great, way to educate oh thank you so much for just being on the show today sharing your story sharing the behind the scenes becoming vulnerable and just letting us into your life to see how god really just developed and materialized what could have seemed like a real big struggle but he made it so beautiful and it's just blessing so many other families and just Thank you for not giving up and moving forward with the call. And yeah, just thank you for saying yes. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, thanks for what you're doing. Uh, I appreciate that. It's I know you're really blessing a lot of families with your podcast, Bex. This is mm -hmm. a great thing. Oh, thank you, Penny. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.